Merry Christmas, almost one last sleep. Hey, what an honor to have you out at church, Christmas Eve service. If I was honest with you, I've been so looking forward to doing Christmas Eve services for the longest time. It's massive in Australia, New Zealand, uh, all throughout Europe, the United Kingdom, Christmas Eve services, uh, for whatsoever reason, California, not so much, but I'm glad that this year, Uh, we can do a Christmas Eve service. And boy, do I have a great word for you. The title of my message tonight is The Wisdom of the Kings. The Wisdom of the Kings. In Matthew chapter 2, we read the story of what's known as the wise men, the magi, who travel from the Orient, who travel from the East. Some Bible scholars say up to several years to get to Jerusalem for the birth of Jesus Christ because they saw it. They were astronomers and they saw it in the stars. Astronomers, not astrologers. They saw it in the stars. The stars, the heavens foretell the birth of Christ and the glory of Christ. Uh, A lot of people, uh, especially if you know the Christmas carol, we three kings of Orient are bearing gifts we traverse think that there were three. And the reason they do that is because there were three sets of gifts, gifts of gold, gifts of frankincense, and gifts of myrrh. I just want you to know the Bible doesn't actually say that there was only three kings. There could have been several kings. And most Bible scholars believe there was a vast caravan that was following because three, you know, kind of lone random strangers turning up would never have upset King Herod. But when King Herod saw kings coming in, unannounced into the land that the Roman Empire was now kind of occupying, these guys coming in asking, hey, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? It upset Herod. He saw the caravans, he saw the wealth, he saw the worship, and that's what triggered every everything. So, but I want to do I do want to say this that wise men seek Jesus. These were wise men 100%. Why? Because they seek Jesus. In Proverbs 9, verse 10, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So let me give you three quick thoughts from this story under the wisdom of the kings. The first point in the story, Matthew chapter 2, read it uh, in your own time. It's a powerful story. But the first thing is that no other king had his own star. Jesus had a star. Why is that? Because he was the son of heaven stepping into earth. Uh, Kings here on earth are elected, selected, you know, they're, they're there's jostling for power, there's corruption, kings are killed and executed and then somebody inferior or someone from the military rises up and takes that kingdom. On earth, there are all kinds of battles, but in heaven, kings are appointed and the king of all kings is Jesus Christ. And these magi, these wise men, saw his star. They saw in the constellations the foretelling of the gospel, the foretelling of the Savior, the foretelling of the Messiah coming. And it was Herod, when these wise men came, said, man, I don't, I don't got no star. There's a king who's been born who's got a star. Oh, um, inquire where this child is born that I may kick that I may come and worship him too. Yes, yes, exactly. Yes, that's what I want to do. I want to worship him too. He didn't want to worship him. 
We know that as soon as they called the scribes and the Pharisees, who were blind leaders of the blind, because they could pinpoint that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem of Judea, they could even pinpoint to the day, and yet that same Jesus sat in their temple, that same Jesus taught in their streets, same birth date, same location, same year, same everything, and they couldn't see because they were blinded by their own ambition, jealousy, envy, and insecurity. But Herod, when he found out, slaughtered all the children under three. I mean, my God, what, what, what kind of desperation do you have to have that you are willing to be hated by the nation that you occupy? But that's because the kings of the earth are threatened by the fact that there's a king of kings in the heavens. And before we throw stones at Herod, let me ask you this question. Let me ask you this question. Herod didn't want Jesus to be king over his life. How many people say, hey, I want to be king of my world. I want to be the final voice, the final authority. Before you throw stones at Herod, are you in that same camp? Number two, these wise men were following heaven's direction and heaven's direction brought them to Christ. It's amazing, all the scriptures, everything in the Bible points to Jesus. Not only the scriptures, but even the heavens themselves, the constellations themselves. There are 12 constellations that govern the heavens. 12 is the biblical number for government and all 12 constellations preach to the coming of a redeemer and a messiah, his victory over the serpent, his crushing of the serpent's head and his rising again. All of this was foretold in the stars and the wise men were following heaven's directions because they all point to him. In the Bible, there's a magnificent story where in the Ark of the Covenant, there are, there are three things that are inside the ark. The first one is the Ten Commandments, God's holy law that came down from heaven. The second one is the pot of manna, God's provision that came down from heaven. But the third one is Aaron's rod that had budded, which is leadership that had come down from heaven. How so? Well, the story goes like this, that, that the children of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron saying, hey, you know, this, this is kind of a, a nepotistic thing. It's, it's a family show. It's Moses, you're the leader, and Aaron, your brother, is the priest. Come on, God can speak through other people. And so God, God and Moses have this dialogue, and Moses is like, what do you want me to do? He says, look, get all the 12 tribes to take a branch, snap it off a tree so there's no more sustenance, there's no more life, then they're to write the person that they think should be the priest, should be my spokesperson in the earth, get them to write that name on there, gather them all in a bundle and put them before me and put them before the ark of the presence. And then it'll come to pass, the one that I choose instead of dying will live. Well, the Bible says they did that. And I think it was like three days later, they came back and all the, all the sticks were kind of bent and dried out except for one. One of the sticks had not only not died, it had thrived. It had produced flowers, it had budded, and even produced almonds. And when they looked, the name Aaron was written on it. And so they knew that God had chosen Aaron. Why that story? Because that's a snapshot of human history. 
See, there are people who will argue Buddha is God's spokesperson in the earth. No, 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 not Buddha. Confucius is God's spokesperson in the earth. No, 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 not Confucius, Muhammad. There is one God, Allah, and his prophet is Muhammad. He's the spokesperson. There's all these different sects and all these different religions, and they all proclaim, and God's like, it's very, very simple, very simple. Snap them off from life. Take them, let them die, put them in a box, And then on the third day, the one that rises from the dead, the one that is bearing fruit, that's the one I chose. Buddha died, Confucius died, Muhammad died, Jesus died. They all died. But on the third day, only one rose again and is bearing fruit, everlasting life, Jesus Christ. Everything points to Jesus. The only time the wise men got into trouble is when they stopped and started asking the locals for directions. They took their eyes off their heavenly guidance and started asking locals for directions. If I was honest with you, uh, in my life, every time my life kind of went off the rails or every time my life ended up in, in the gutter, in the curb, it was because I stopped looking for heavenly counsel, heavenly guidance, and started asking the locals for directions. Always go to God. And the third one is these wise men had prophetic insight. In the the Great Christmas Carol written in 1857, in fact, it was the first Christmas Carol written right here in the United States of America, We Three Kings of Orient are. The kings bring three sets of gifts. The first one is gold. Uh, And the, the gold I bring to crown him again is the words in that Christmas Carol. And that would be a question that I want to ask you. We know that Jesus is the king of heaven. But when he came into the earth, the wise men came with gold to crown him again king over their life. Is Jesus your savior or is he also your king? Is he also your Lord? It's very, very important that you make him your Lord because he is king forever, ceasing never over us all to reign. Tell me who you bow down to and I'll tell you who you can stand up to. Tell me who you bow down to and I'll tell you who you can stand up to. The second gift that they brought was frankincense. Frankincense is used in the temple for worship, for incense. It's it's a beautiful fragrance and it's always symbolic of the prayers of the saints and of worship. And the second, second gift that is brought by these wise men is not only is he to be crowned king here on the earth, but he's also the only one worthy of worship. Remember, the Bible says, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. So we're only meant to worship the God of heaven. But when Jesus was on the earth, they recognized Jesus's deity by bringing frankincense saying, this here is God incarnate. He is worthy of our worship. You know, whatever you worship, you become. When they, the children of Israel, when they made those golden calves, when Moses went up onto the mountain, they got Aaron to make golden calves. The golden calves were symbolic. They literally saw themselves as cattle to be herded by a a one world government, by a, a world leader. They wanted to go back to Pharaoh. They said, hey, we'd rather be Pharaoh's cattle than God's free people. But God says, not so much. That's idolatry. I don't want you to live there. Tell me what you worship. Tell me how you worship. And I'll tell you the strength and the power of your future. The third one they brought was myrrh. And in the the potent words of we three kings, 
Myrrh is mine, its bitter perfume breathes a life of gathering gloom, sorrow sighing, bleeding, dying, sealed in a stone-cold tomb. See, they saw what the religious missed, that not only was Jesus a king and not only was he worthy of worship, but they saw that this king worthy of worship had to suffer and had to die so that we might live. Friend, Jesus Christ died on a cross. He was born to die. When he came into the world, they couldn't find a place for him. So they put him out the back of an inn and they lay him in a, in a manger, in a feeding trough. But they finally found a place for this Jesus. They finally found a place for this son of the carpenter. They finally found a place for this worker of miracles and he was on a cross. But friend, God had already predestined that Jesus was meant to go to the cross so that you and I could have everlasting life. And these wise men didn't just crown him king, they didn't just worship him as God, but they saw that it was his suffering, his bleeding, his sacrifice that would redeem you and I from the curse of sin, from the pain of death and sorrow and lament, that he would redeem all mankind so that we could live forever with God. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope that impacted you. I hope that touched you. Our campus pastors right now are gonna give you an invitation to respond to that message. If you need prayer for anything, tonight is your night. Thanks for being with our Christmas service. We love you so much. God bless you.